Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. Anna Jarvis of Philadelphia, whose mother had organized women's groups to promote friendship and health, originated Mother's Day. On May 12, 1907, she held a memorial service at her late mother's church in Grafton, West Virginia. Within five years, virtually every state was observing the day. And in 1914, U.S. President Woodrow Wilson made it a national holiday to be recognized every May 8th. Phil and I know better than anyone the role strong women and strong mothers play in our lives. To our mothers, our wives, and our sisters, this weekend and every weekend, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Over the last two seasons, we've enjoyed bringing unknown stories from history to you every weekend. Now it's your turn to bring a story to us. Every town in every corner of the world has a story, and its history is our history. Tell us the story about your hometown and what makes it special or unique. We're calling it Hometown History. Who or what is your town known for? Tell us your hometown story either in an email or a voice message from our Facebook page. Phil and I will choose one hometown's history to research and profile in a full episode of Season 3 of The Missing Chapter. And we'll contact you to be a part of it. Every hometown has a story. The next chapter we add to the history textbooks could be yours. The dictionary defines irony as a state of affairs or an event that seems deliberately contrary to what one expects. One might use this term when describing the subject of this podcast. It's ironic that one of history's biggest opponents of capital punishment should have his name become nearly synonymous with death and execution. Our story actually begins with a legend, a legend that, if true, is in itself also quite ironic and fitting. One day in May 1738, a woman in the later stages of her pregnancy was walking down a street in Saints, France, where she heard the cries of a man being executed on the town's breaking wheel. The breaking wheel was certainly an appropriate name for this torture-slash-execution device, and the outcome was especially gruesome. The condemned would be tied to a large wheel, limbs stretched in a starfish-like fashion, and then beaten with a club in order to break the bones. So traumatic were the man's screams on this particular day, the story goes that the woman went into labor right then and there. The circumstances, if true, were especially appropriate for the man born into the world that day. As the French historian Daniel Arasse wrote, the conditions of his birth determined his later renown. The baby was Joseph Ignace. Joseph Ignace Guillotine who would grow up to invent one of the deadliest and notorious instruments of execution of all time. His motives for inventing such a device, however, might surprise you, because before he invented it, Guillotine would devote his career and life to lobbying against the death penalty in France. Guillotine's early career was accomplished, if otherwise unremarkable. 
he toiled for a brief period as a literature professor at the University of Bordeaux, before leaving for Paris where he studied medicine and began a new occupation as a practicing physician. In 1788, he wrote a pamphlet titled Petition of the Living Citizens of Paris, arguing for more representation for non-nobility in the legislative body called the Estates General. The following year, largely as a result of the attention he received for petition, he became a representative to the estate, launching his third career, this one in politics. As a politician, Guillotine focused mostly on medical reform. He was also an opponent of the death penalty, but soon recognized that the outright abolition of the institution was highly unlikely. So he focused his energy instead on making capital punishment more humane, more egalitarian. At the time, you see, only the nobility in France had the dubious privilege of beheading by sword, which the only thing sharper than the blade was the aim of the executioner. Most criminals sentenced to death were hung on the gallows or, in some grisly cases, sent to the breaking wheel. These were overwhelmingly criminals or accused from the lower class or third estate. On October 10, 1789, Guillotine submitted a proposal to the French government, arguing for a decapitating machine become the standard manner of carrying out the death penalty, and that such a device would, in his opinion, be much more humane. The aim was consistent, and unlike a human executioner, would not become tired. Initially, the proposed gained little traction, but that December, Guillotine delivered an inspired speech to the National Assembly that would ultimately elevate both the man and the idea to international fame. At one enthusiastic moment, Guillotine preached to his audience, Now with my machine, I take off your head in the twinkling of an eye, and you never feel it. The following day, a popular French periodical mocked Guillotine's comments into song. It went, Politician and physician bethought himself tis plain, that hanging's not human nor patriotic, and straightaway showed a clever mode to kill without a pang men which, void of ropes or stakes, suppression makes of hangmen. And then offhand his genius planned, that machine that simply kills, that's all, which after him we call guillotine. For Dr. Guillotine, this was the moment that his name became forever synonymous with decapitation and death. In the full version of the song, three other members of the National Assembly were mentioned by name, in addition to guillotine. These three were also especially violent, radical members, and ironically, all executed by the guillotine, as was the author of the song. But all of their names slowly slipped into obscurity over the course of history, and it was Joseph Ignace Guillotine whose name became the name of the actual killing machine. Despite the public sentiment around Guillotine's comments, all of his propositions were eventually approved by the National Assembly, and the construction of the machine was put into motion. On June 3, 1791, the assembly decreed that the decapitating device was to be the sole means of legal criminal execution, regardless of class and regardless of crime. A fellow politician by the name of Pierre-Louis Rodier was tasked with overseeing its construction. Rodier reached out to Dr. Guillotine on March 10, 1792, to request his involvement in the project but no record exists of whether the doctor complied. In the meantime, Rodier struggled to secure workmen for the job due to their concern about the stigma of being associated with such a machine. 
Eventually, the decision was made to offer any laborer tasked with building the device to be offered an exorbitant amount of money for compensation. And once reluctant workers began to sign up for the job. Rodier finally reached an agreement with a German harpsichord maker, Tobias Schmidt, to develop the plans and oversee the actual manufacturing of the guillotine. The machine was initially tested on sheep, calves, and human corpses. The first human to fall victim to the guillotine was Nicolas Jacques Pelletier in 1792. From there, the guillotine would be used on a regular basis for another two centuries. During the reign of terror of the French Revolution, an estimated 17,000 French citizens fell victim to its blade, including King Louis XVI and his wife, Marie Antoinette. It remained the standard means of execution for condemned civilians in France until the death penalty was abolished in 1981. Guillotine, the Chambers Edinburgh Journal wrote, bitterly regretted to the last moment of his existence his involvement with the killing apparatus. An oft-accepted myth has been that Guillotine himself fell victim to his own invention, when in actuality the doctor died at 75 of natural causes. At his funeral, Guillotine's friend and close colleague eulogized the late doctor, commenting, quote, how true it is that it is difficult to benefit mankind without some unpleasantness resulting for oneself. This has been a missing chapter short, your quick fix for one of history's forgotten stories in a busy world. Listen to more shorts as well as full-length episodes on Spotify and all other major podcast providers.